I'm Isael. And I'm Jonah. And this is Ramble On. On this episode, we talk about pandas, werewolves, and the Van Meter Visitor. This podcast is brought to you by BF College Basketball Rankings, bringing you the most accurate and fair rankings for the college basketball season since 2018. The college basketball season will be here before you know it, and you are going to need a weekly ranking that isn't the AP poll every Monday. So hop onto Twitter and give BF Rankings a follow at BF underscore CBB underscore rankings. That is BF underscore CBB underscore rankings. Hey, we got it right this time. We got it right this time. Um, shout out to our sponsor for telling us we got it wrong, but still sponsoring us. I'm, I'm not entirely sure we got it wrong. Just saying. If only there was a way to prove it. I don't think the sponsor can prove it. I don't think we will ever know. So I found out some information this week that just, for whatever reason, enraged me. And I'm not affected by this in really any direct means at all, but I found this out. Apparently, China owns all of the world's pandas. Like, they have claim on them. So anytime you visit a zoo and see a panda, that's China's panda. The zoo is paying China to have that panda in a zoo. And it's like either $500,000 or a million dollars per panda. Is it a one-time payment? No. It's yearly. What? Yearly payment on these pandas. Bro, where do zoos get that much money? Right? I don't know. Which is why you don't see a lot of like giant, the black and white giant pandas at zoos. And furthermore, China... If a panda were to have, like, a cub, I think that's the offspring of a bear, a cub. If a but panda pandas bear, aren't bears, though. But why are they called panda bears, then? Well, it's, like, incorrect. Interesting. Apparently, they're, like, taxonomically, they're, like, not bears. Interesting. They're pandas. Its own class. Yeah, they're just pandas. Okay. So, if a panda has an offspring, a child, I don't know what to call it if it's not a bear. I'm going to go with cub. Cub is fine, I feel like. That cub, even if it wasn't born in China, is still belongs to China. Which is just outrageous in the fact that a country is allowed to just stake claim on an entire animal. Granted, there's only like 1,600 left in the world, which is a sad fact. But an entire country claims pandas. And that just makes me hurt. I don't know why. How how do you go about convincing other countries to pay you for animals? Right? And why were why was every other country like, yeah, yeah, okay, that's yeah, we agree to that. That's fine. And then do it. I also don't know how many pandas of like I think like 1600 that are left in the world reside outside of China because they are native to China, but still. I'm trying to find out how many pandas currently reside in the US, but I can't find anything with a quick Google. It can't be a ton if you're paying a million dollars per panda. There's only three national zoos with pandas in the U.S. I'm going to guess like Brooklyn. Doesn't Brooklyn have a good zoo? Are you just saying that because of Madagascar? Possibly. No. So it's the Memphis Zoo. Interesting. Zoo Atlanta. Okay. And the National Zoo. I don't know where that one is. There's a National Zoo? It, it's it's called that at the very least. <laughs> so what's, what's stopping us like so like the u.s what's stopping the u.s from just seeing all of the all all the deer are american apparently nothing if china can do it question yeah did china claim pandas as their own before pandas were elsewhere because that would make that would make it easier if you control the supply of pandas in the world then you can say pandas are mine that would make sense uh i'm not sure on that fact this is discovered off of an offbeat like tangent on a podcast which turned into me doing a quick google search because i was kind of upset that china claimed an entire 
animal. And then I found out that they do actually have the rights to an entire animal. This is kind of like in that episode of Parks and Rec where Andy exchanges all the resources of whatever country he had so that he had all the world's lions. Yes. But I just think that it's ridiculous that an entire country lays claim to an entire animal. Do you know pandas? So if you look at your hand, um, opposite of your thumb, whatever that bone is right here, um, like on the other edge, that bone like protrudes a little bit. And it's like a it's almost like like a sixth pseudo finger that helps them grip bamboo so they have like kind of like an extra thumb but it's just like a bone that doesn't move obviously it just helps them grab onto stuff a lot easier interesting they're also dumb as balls which i've heard which kind of makes me sad because i like pandas have you not seen videos of like baby pandas and zoos and you're just like tripping all over the place and just like they're yeah no wonder they're like dying Not because we're taking away their habitat, they're just... Well, apparently they're, like, no longer endangered. Oh, really? Yeah, they might be... They're, like, threatened or something like that. But, like, they're not in that category anymore. It's whatever is... Which is a good thing, is what I'm saying. Yeah. No, absolutely. But, yeah. That was my big grievance of the week. China owns... (laughs) That was the worst thing that's happened to you this week? (laughs) I think so. Which means it's been a pretty good week. Yeah, I was gonna say you live a pretty good life. Switching gears. Absolutely. I was thinking about this. Say you're uh, you're hiking. You like hiking? Absolutely. I do. Okay. Great outdoors. Say you're hiking in a in a forest or something. Definitely like not around Iowa. Is this does this stem from your experience in northwestern forest that apparently our college owns? I can talk about that actually. <laughs> Anyhow, you're hiking in a forest and night falls upon you if it you know you kind of misjudge the time night falls on you mm-hmm. and you're you're walking down you're alone by the way because you hike alone in this scenario okay naturally and you hear a sound there's something ahead of you in this trail what's the worst case scenario mm, worst case scenario it's got to be like a runaway convict or something. Like, that's where my mind went right away of like someone has busted out of jail. Mostly because I think this stems from the big surge happening in Florida for some guy. I don't know what's happening for sure. He might have murdered his girlfriend. I don't oh, know. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So I think that pops into mind of like hiking and like just seeing this man like who's wanted by the FBI right now appearing. So you just admitted that the worst case scenario is you come across a murderer. I knew this was going to backfire in my face. I thought about it. I was really hoping you would go down like you'd go for like a monster or something. I was not expecting you to say a dude. Um, I don't know if running into the monster would be worst case scenario. Context for this question. I was listening to the Dogman song and there's that the story about like they see something in the woods and it runs into this like log and then like the creature comes out and it stands upright and it's like eight feet tall or whatever. So I was thinking of like that. That sounds not fun, you know? Yeah. No, what would, what would you what would be your like your worst case scenario of you to see in the woods? Because I was trying to think of like what monster I'd be like I would just like not be about. Michigan Dogman comes to mind. Absolutely. Um I remember this because it was a team we played in high school and it made oh what it was a TV show on like National Geographic or like Discovery something on a tv channel that doesn't actually pertain to what they believe they're about and it was like paranormal monsters or something like that i can't remember what it was called monster hunt or something and like it featured different like towns fables or like lores of a monster um and one as a kid always freaked me out because we played van meter and they had what yes was the van meter visitor yes I know what you're talking about. And it was like a pterodactyl thing with like a flashlight on its head. Yes. And yes. And 
that freaked me out as a child because I was just like, oh my gosh, Iowa actually has something. Yeah. And so maybe that just out of childhood fears, meeting that. Um, for context, I actually okay. So a hundred. This was in 1903 in the town of Van Meter, Iowa, which is just like south of here. Yes. Yep. It's down by Des Moines. It's okay. right by Waukee, Des Moines, all that. The the way the story goes is that apparently, like throughout a period of one week, several people in the town of Van Meter back in 1903 saw this like huge bat bird thing at night. But they described it as like half animal, half human, just like perch up in the window and just look at people at night, which is terrifying. And it left a, a, just like a horrible smell, just a stench. Is it? That's what it's just it's described as but then the the weird part is and it's like i mean this is pretty standard you know half human half blank is pretty standard for monsters right um but it had like it said it had like a beam of light that came from its forehead um personally because later on in the story they chase it they chase it to like the mines oh yeah i wonder if it's related to like mine equipment you know like how they have the the lights um, the helmet beams yeah so apparently at some point the, the townspeople decided it was they were done with this thing and they went out to hunt it down and they like shot at it but like the bullets just went right through um and then they just like chased it down to the coal mine the local coal mine i don't really know if that's like the coal mine is still there i don't think so i've been to van meter multiple times i don't remember ever knowing yeah if it's close to des moines i i doubt there's just like anyhow right and apparently like there were like other beasts there like other winged creatures that were like maybe smaller or whatnot but then they just like disappeared into the mines and to this day they have not been seen so doing quick searches on the van meter visitor i'm honestly shocked that you've heard of it i don't know as if i've ever actually i'm not with the lore and the sites and travels of the internet that you find yeah. I'm not shocked that you've heard of it. Yeah. So from a quick Google search about the Van Meter Visitor, I found a quote from the Des Moines Daily News from October 3rd of 1903, which is like talking about the townspeople driving it into abandoned coal mine. And they heard the noises. And this is the quote about the noises. And it is, presently the noise opened up again as though Satan and a regiment of imps were coming forth for battle. Yeah, it sounds like small town religious 1903 talk right there absolutely it does dude i would legitimately like go i've made fun of people that go squatching just because i think bigfoot is lame i agree i think bigfoot's kind of lame i feel like your traditional lore monsters of like bigfoot or like the loch ness monster are kind of just boring lame this is gonna get this is gonna get us a ton of hate because people are really into bigfoot from our like 15 listeners yeah we're in the double digits people oh we're international yeah we are but so here's the thing though. I just think Bigfoot's kind of lame. Like what it it does nothing. If Bigfoot was out there like eating people, I would be more into Bigfoot. But it like as far as we know, it's just really good at like not showing up and it walked by a camera once decades right. ago. Very blurry. Yeah. No, but Jonah, I'm so glad you brought up the Van Meter Visitor because uh, in nowadays, uh, the Van Meter Visitor is what we call a cryptid. C-R-Y-P-T-I-D. Cryptid. What is that? So if you look up cryptids on the internet, I mean, like every state has like a, a cryptid and it's like this like monster, like the prevalent monster story or like just weird folk tales. One of my favorite ones is California. 
they have the dark watchers what is that that sounds like the dementors from harry potter to me so imagine you're out there in the, the trails and the canyons and the maybe if you're if you're like northern california or in like the mountains and the forests they show up at night obviously they are described as tall sometimes giant featureless dark silhouettes so like a shadow Yes. Terrifying. Uh, But they're like multiple feet tall. They have glowing eyes. They show up more around twilight and dawn. So it's not completely dark. People describe them as motionless. And all they do is just watch. They sometimes wear hats or they have walking sticks. But they they just stand there and they just watch people out and about. And people have like run up to them and they disappear. That's terrifying. Apparently it goes back to like 1938. John Steinbeck, Grapes of Wrath guy. Yep. Yeah. Uh, in one of his stories, apparently, in one of his stories, he just like references the Watchers. He says, you know, in a short story called "The Long Valley," uh, whatever character looked suspiciously back every minute or so, and his eyes sought the tops of the ridges ahead. Once on a white barren spur, he saw a black figure for a moment, but he looked quickly away, for it was one of the Dark Watchers. No one knew who the Watchers were, nor where they lived. But it was better to ignore them and never to show interest in them. They did not bother one who stayed on the trail and minded his own business. I'm scared to walk outside now. And I'm not even in California. Yo, I would love to see a Dark Watcher. See, now I am kind of rethinking my decision on episode one of murder or ghost Mm -hmm. i don't know maybe it's the lack of physical body with the ghosts because i definitely want to like see some of these monsters i also just like the lore of these and like where they're from like michigan dogman just yes showing up like every what seven years it's every 10 years on the seventh year so like 2007 2017 2027 did we have an appearance in 2017 not not that we know of or not at least like an official one that's been like canonized by the song if if people don't know what i'm talking about just google dogman song and it's just a really it's not like stupid it's like just this guy narrating the the different the different appearances of the dogman but he has like a really cool lo-fi beat to it it's amazing it's so good but what were you saying about the dogman just like the history of the song and like dating back to it of like when it started because didn't it start like the 1800s or something like that yeah i think the first the first occurrence is like some hunters in the 1800s i can look up the lyrics kind of like the idea of like telling a scary story by a campfire like that'd be something that you would tell about like the the dark watchers or like dog man or even like the fan meter visitor like stuff like that like that's something i would see like being told around a campfire which just i think is a fun idea i also want these all to be real i would go hunting for these i would go hunting oh okay i found the lyrics Oh, yes. Okay, so the story starts with Cool summer morning in early June is when the legend began at a nameless logging camp in Wexford County where the Manistee River ran. Eleven lumberjacks near the Garland Swamp found an animal they thought was a dog. In a playful mood, they chased it around till it ran inside a hollow log. A logger named Johnson grabbed him a stick and poked around inside. Then the thing let out an unearthly scream and came out and stood upright. They just packed their belongings and left that night, were never heard from again. That's terrifying. That's not even the worst one. No, it's really not. In 97, a dead farmer was found, slumped over his plow. His heart had stopped, and there were dog dog tracks all around. And then there's people, there's like 
stories of people having dreams of the dog man because apparently it's like it's actually the dog men like a clan yeah there apparently there's more than one i don't know if that's more or less terrifying have you seen stranger things uh season one for sure and i think all of season two Okay, so you remember how in season one there was a Demogorgon? Yeah. And that was, like, scary? Right. It was a great season. Mm-hmm. But then in season two they have, like, the the, the Demogorgon dogs. Mm-hmm. And there's multiple of them. Yeah. And it's, like, less scary. Yeah. That makes that that perfectly encapsulates how I felt. Mm-hmm. Like, when there's not just a single one of them, it doesn't feel so much as, like, it's an anomaly anymore. So, look at this. In 1917, there was a sheriff, um, and he saw tracks, multiple, and he thought it was wolves. Um, and he followed the tracks and found a four-horse team that were dead with their eyes open. And after the examination, the coroner concluded that they died of fright. Terrifying. Yeah, in 37, there's a, a schooner captain, uh, Bowers Harbor. He says he saw a pack of wild dogs. This is a good one. In 57, a man of the cloth found claw marks on an old church door on the outside. Upon inspection, they looked like they were made by a dog, but it was seven feet four. It was the height of these claw marks. That's crazy. What are your thoughts on the chupacabra? Because would you put that in the same class as like Bigfoot and them? Of like, they're just kind of chilling. Yeah. Well, no, no, but that like eats cattle though. Yeah, and goats. So that does something. It does something. Here's another good one. 67, a van of hippies is what they're described as. Can we count a van of hippies account as credible? I don't know. (laughs) But listen, they told a park ranger, and this all happens in Michigan, um, that they woke up in the night by a, because there was a scratch in the window, because in, and they woke up to a dog man looking in and grinning. Huh. <laughs> I, <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I am severely underprepared to make this argument. Oh, yes, bring it. Um, so as far as I know, multiple cultures around the world that have had no contact at this point they all have a version of a werewolf so define where like werewolf as in full moon happens and man turns into a wolf as in dog wolf human hybrid creature okay so there's the werewolf stories of Eastern Europe, mm-hmm. um, which is where like England drew from their stories. But the Native Americans had like the Wendigo. Oh yeah, which isn't quite a wolf. There's different depictions of the Wendigo, but it's also this. It's the same thing where a human turns into something else that eats other humans. Centr- like I want to say like uh, the Mexico area, they had the chupacabra, which is also described as like kind of like a dog-ish figure. Mm-hmm. And it's like they that that's like before that's like so old like that's before like europeans i want to say infiltrated yeah everywhere <laughs> but hold on asian like hindu they also have a version of this of like a dog wolf person even back home like in paraguay we have our own and it's like it's something like the seventh child of a family and a full moon is drawn to graveyards or something like that and if they go there they like they turn into this like black dog that is like bigger than other dogs because we don't have wolves. Right. As far as I know. <laughs> you have never encountered a wolf. I've never encountered Paraguay. a wolf or been worried about wolves. <laughs> I want to go monster hunting. Dude, but let's, not for like let's do it. Creepy shadowy figures that don't interact with me. 
It's terrifying because I have camped in the Californian wilderness and we did not interact with dark creatures. You didn't see them. We did, however, interact with two people cooking pot right next to our campsite. What do you mean cooking pot? I don't know. It looked like they had a pot and it was weed in it because it was right by the bathroom. What? Yeah, it was the weirdest experience ever. Why would you cook weed? We're not sure. Speaking of Northwestern Forest. <laughs> Heck yes. Um, Do you know where this is, by the way? Apparently you said it was over by Alton. Like it's right by the disc golf stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. We were measuring trees. Casually, right? Yeah, we were, you know, getting a feel for the tree population in the Northwestern Forest. Uh, However, I did find a lot of like mushrooms. Interesting. And I asked Dr. Tracy, number one, what would happen if I ate those mushrooms? And number two, how to find the good mushrooms? What was his response? He said, I don't know. I wouldn't trust myself to identify the good mushrooms. Then he said, worst case scenario, you die of some weird poison. Right. Best case scenario, you just get diarrhea. Oh, that's no fun. And then he proceeded to show me pictures of mushrooms he's found on his hikings. And he's like, he was very excited about one of them. It looked like a big pretzel one. And it really did. I could just see Tracy doing this, which makes it even funnier. You know, it was incredible. It was amazing. <laughs> Do you think Northwestern Forest has any lore behind it? That's kind of my oh. buzzword of this, apparently. This podcast is lore, lore. just because I like the word. So, I'm just saying, Jonah, before it gets too cold, we got to go monster hunting Heck yes. in the Northwestern Forest at night. I'm down. Alton's got to have some sort of supernatural something going on there. Dude, right? I bet there's some like weird radioactive like monster in that pond. Oh. Oh, there's got to be. Yeah, I'm looking at a map of the most famous mythical creature in every U.S. state. Yes. And currently, I'm looking at the Midwest mm-hmm. and Nebraska, Kansas, and Oklahoma. Can I guess what they have in common? Yeah. Aren't they like sea creatures? Yes. And they are all landlocked states. Why are they all sea creatures? There's like half of them. Half of the cryptids of the U.S. are just like lake-like things, which I, it doesn't. I don't know. That, that's not super exciting to me because I can just like not go in the lake and I'm fine. Right. You know how people do the national parks thing where they like try to go to every national park. Yeah. We should try to like see every cryptid. I'm totally in. Absolutely. They also talk about melon heads. Yes. We need to. Okay. We need to save the melon head topic for when we have Nick on the podcast. Because that's also like a Michigan thing. Really? Yes. And he knows a lot more about melon heads than you would think. I think out of all of them that we have kind of discussed, I think I want to go with the Van Meter Visitor as seeing it. Why would you want to see a bird? It's not a bird. It's like a giant bat humanoid pterodactyl thing. Dude, I want to see the dog man. Ooh, I could see dog. Or the freaking dark watchers, dude. I can't do the dark watchers. Hello, podcast. Goodbye. I'm going to cut this out.